Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Merge Boot Podcast. Seems today that all you see is Survivor. On Paramount Plus and podcasts on your phone. But you better be ready. I'm Joel Edmiston. I'm Cody Crane. We want to talk about. Yeah. Well, hello, everyone. It's episode two of Survivor Season 45, Merge Boot Podcast, or Marge Boot, as somebody recently called it and called me. To- told me it was called. They said, so how's Marge boot coming? I'm like, do you think I have a, a podcast about Homer Simpson's wife's foot? (laughs) Marge boot. Uh, no, it's not Marge boot. It's merge boot. And I'm Joel and that's Cody. Yeah. I, and I think that our listeners, if you're at least a fan of survivor, you would know that it, it's merge boot. I don't think you have to tell our listeners that it's merge boot. This has to be someone. This has to be like no, your your dad called you and said this. There's one guy at home listening to this podcast, taking off his giant headphones and being like, "I thought I was listening to Marge Boot. I can't listen to this anymore. I wanted to listen to Marge Boot. It's always the one with the biggest headphones. I don't know why his headphones are so big. But Get smaller headphones, of, bro. Speaking of the biggest headphones in the room. We have our guest, Ryan Quinn here. Ryan. Hello. Hello. Uh, I know this is uh, this is audio and not uh, visual. So I'm wearing two big red solo cups <laughs> on my ears. Yeah, um, it's str- a string coming out each end. Yeah, the strings are going for all the way from your house to Cody's house where Cody and I are right now. Uh, so, Ryan, you have been on the podcast seven seasons Every every season we've done, you've done a a uh, a fucking uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Fantasy draft with us, and then once during the pandemic, we had you on to talk about Red Eye with Colby Donaldson. And my internet was so bad that day that the 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 audio was unsalvageable. So we never released that episode. So you've never been on a pod that's and we not probably fantasy won't track. release this one either. <laughs> Absolutely fair. I don't want to get into it yet, but uh, I'm going to be spouting some opinions that are that are just going to make this episode trash. I think some real edgy stuff. So you, you're going to be the the new heel of the podcast. Yeah, uh, listen, a, a heel, um, sexy heartthrob, bad boy. You know, um, whatever terminology you want to I, use, I think pushing the boundaries uh, is, is, I think, what I'm here to do. So you're like Emily. Yeah, I would say I'm like Emily. I would next say week, I identify quite a bit with Emily. Next yeah. week, you'll be apologizing to us. 
if all goes well. Well, anything you'd say on this podcast could not piss anyone off as much as the listeners were pissed off at us last week for not discussing pyramids. I got death threats in the mail. In the mail. In the mail. People got my address. They were so mad of us not talking about these aliens and pyramids. They found my address. They dug it up and sent me death threats. People are so mad. We were we were uh, not fresh uh, when we recorded. We recorded at 9 a.m. the next day after both watching. Cody had watched it fucking wasted three sheets to the wind on, <laughs> on cocktails the night before. Uh, and so we didn't remember to bring up the, the most important part of the episode, according to some listeners, which was the pyramids and aliens. And people how that so mad. I what I mean people on their so in mad. their defense, it was one of the weirder moments I've ever seen on Survivor, where they paint a girl as the social pariah, the one that nobody gets along with, nobody's getting along with, and then randomly, just like a jump scare. Everyone that is apparently the same ones on the tribe start talking about how aliens built the pyramids and how pyramids are batteries and all this stuff. And then this person that we're supposed to be disagreeing with is on the other side being like, what the fuck are they talking about? And we're like, yeah, I actually agree with her. (laughs) I I think that's narratively consistent because I think uh, the pyramids maybe are batteries. I mean, (laughs) otherwise, who built them? What were they built for? You know, no. we don't know. History doesn't have an answer for it. They us. were built by slaves. I don't know. Did you read that in a book? I don't know. I don't believe it. Well, I mean, yes. Is it weird we didn't bring all of that up? Sure. But did they need to come to your workplace, Joel, and wring you out like a towel, taking all of your blood out? Yeah, I'm bloodless this week. I had to go over there and like beat uh, Joel across a sidewalk to get him back. The listeners were very mad. I, for the people listening at home that weren't mad, just so you know, people were mad and I'm bloodless this week. And Cody had to save my life and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, and who knows what they're going to do to me. I keep on getting mail every day still. The mail is really, literally overflowing and I see a mailman coming to your house right now with a bag as big as santa's sack <laughs> yeah as big as big as santa's notable nut sack hey let's uh talk about these pyramids some more so uh we don't get pissed on anymore and so the pyramid i mean cody what did you think of the pyramid conversation do you even remember it no i was i was so pissed drunk and oh my god ryan you have no idea how many cocktails i had that night Sounds like you had a lot of cocktails. Yeah. How many cocktails you had? I had upwards of 23 Shirley Temples. That's beautiful. That's quite beautiful. But alcoholic Shirley Temples. Oh, uh, why? I didn't specify. Are Shirley Temples not alcoholic? Uh-oh, placebo effect. He was so drunk on the placebo effect. <laughs> Were you? Was this in celebration of Bruce being back? Was this like a little Bruce Palooza? I had a I had an all Bruce Palooza bender. And then he banged <laughs> himself on the head. Yeah. Um so then he started forgetting what he saw on Survivor. <laughs> Uncle Bruce. We should say. We should start calling him by his proper boniker, Uncle Bruce or Unc. 
I, I like that. He's always get to me. He's always going to be Bruce the Goose. Well, he's we an saw absolute like, goose this week. We did see Bruce the Goose. <laughs> he was making me laugh so hard. Oh my god, I've never laughed so hard in my life than watching Bruce on the show tonight. <laughs> uh, I think one of the biggest laughs I've ever had uh, in my entire life was tonight when Katura was. Uh, talking about bruce and a and the editors did a very good job of this talking about how the fame went to his head so you see him pretending to take a selfie he talked about all this stuff and they have a clip for each time but then he gets to the part where he goes but he's also a big name dropper and then we got to a clip of bruce talking about kane <laughs> it made me laugh so hard Oh my God, Kane! That's who well, Bruce you, is name dropping. Have you met Kane? No, I haven't been to Saskatoon in a while. I think Bruce's point stands. I I would say that Kane, um, until this season, was one of the biggest duds in Survivor history. But we happen to have found a bigger dud, and maybe the worst player, worst in every single aspect. Yes, where even him closing out with well he's got a good social game was more pity because if he had a good social game he wouldn't have got fucking voted out either well (laughs) brandon saying i have a good social game is immediately followed up by emily playing a better social game than him (laughs) so emily so embarrassing oh my god the editors are fucking they hate him I mean, if I could give him a direct quote, he said word for word, socially, I am the bomb. Yeah. And then absolutely demonstrating that peak performance in social game this week. Oh, my God. He was terrible. He was terrible. Brandon is. I'm I'm sorry if Brandon's listening, because I'm sure he's the type to, like, find the small podcast to hear people talking about him. Brandon, I'm sorry if you're listening. You did terrible out there. I hope you're better at, at life than you are at Survivor. Well, he would say he is. He says he's a puzzle guy when he's not good at physical challenges, and then when he doesn't do puzzles, he's good. He's a physical guy. He Th- says that's he's a bad puzzle guy thing. who needed to be reminded that the sticks should be facing toward the tree when yeah. you're putting the puzzle together. Oh, my God. It was- <laughs> It's it's a, as if he didn't understand that the whole design of the puzzle was a tree, that there was a picture on the pieces. It was oh. tough to watch. It was tough to watch. And Sabaya was telling him all this and getting frustrated at him. And I would just, I, I, I was, usually I don't love when people are like, like uh, critiquing critiquing other players during a challenge, but oh my god, I was on Sabaya's team when she was doing that. That I mean, there was a fella in Edge of Extinction. I forget his name who didn't learn how to swim before uh, getting Keith. Keith. No. Yeah, he was a he was a pretty uh, sad case, but he looks like a fucking a god compared to Brandon. <laughs> like he's. <laughs> I mean, this he's Jonathan like, compared to Brandon. This felt like a case study of someone realizing 
that they completely buckle under any pressure at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what was sad about it. I imagine in isolation, no cameras, Brandon's probably good at some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Or could at least make it happen. But the second there's a tiny bit of pressure, he's out. There's nothing he can do. He couldn't even get himself up a fucking ladder. I had uh, a ladder. And the man found an idol and gave it away. Found an idol and decided, no, thanks. I he think I'm in useful. a good position, despite the whole ladder and fetal position thing. <laughs> he, he had the opportunity for two advantages, and he still lost his boat and didn't get either of them. <laughs> He would not help Sabaya climb a tree because he was afraid his scoliosis was going to flare up. Oh, that was that moment. I was like, I I empathize with anyone with scoliosis, but don't get on all fours. And as she's on your back, tell her you have scoliosis. So don't do a dance up there. It's like, oh, my God. It was like, you're doing this all wrong. You got everything backwards. Figure out a way to get you get her up the tree. Don't. Oh my god, that was that was very frustrating. I was like, I'm turning on this guy. I was never really rooting for him. I was honestly, I'm glad he's out, not so I don't have to see him on the show anymore, so that he can stop embarrassing himself. This is the meanest we've ever been to anyone on this on our podcast. I was pretty mean to Kane, but we found a worse Kane. Mm-hmm. We the yeah last this is someone who was just not mentally or physically prepared to be on this show in any sense there was so i went to the movies um a couple weeks ago and there was a kid talking throughout the movie someone brought their kid to the haunting in venice yeah and this kid was talking throughout the movie and to the point where people got the security and the manager and they talked to him and then he stopped for a bit and then continued talking a little bit. And during the part of the movie where the detective is, um, the detective put his fucking name in your mouth for God's sake. What is it? That detective has a fucking name. His name is Hercule Poirot. Hercule Poirot is going through of who did it. Um, this kid drops his nachos, spills them everywhere and goes, my nacho cheese. (laughs) And then at the end of this movie, and after all of everyone in the theater's experience is ruined, the kid jumps out of his seat, hands on hips, and goes, good movie. Oh, my God. That's nuts. This was what it felt like when Brandon, at the end of his torch, getting snuffed out and going, how fun is this? (laughs) Yeah, the fact that it seemed like a positive experience for him was fucked. He was like... He was like, it's great getting your torch enough. This is really fun. This is really cool. I would I would wait another 40 years to be back for five days on season 45. I'm like, dude, no, this is awful. You don't want to do this. And by the I, way, uh, Cody, that story was terrible. That was a good story, but it, I'm, I feel for you. That sucks. <laughs> I was uh, recently in a theater to watch a goddamn TIFF movie where people are supposed to be sophisticated. Uh, and know how to watch a movie. And I was watching the Sylvester Stallone. All smart Drew types. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, yeah, there's a bu- just a bunch of Drews. Uh, no, there was one kid next to me, literally two seats next to me, who's a kid. Probably didn't have to take a kid to the Sylvester Stallone documentary. Just talking the whole time, scrolling on his fucking phone. Turns to his mom at some points and goes, what's his name? She goes, Sylvester Stallone. So he brings up Siri and starts going, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester St- into the phone. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he goes, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone documentary. And I'm like, this kid is, why are you Googling the movie you're watching? <laughs> and why can't you type that in? And also, turn off your fucking phone. Anyway. That's the generation we're in now, dude. And then at the end of the movie, he stood up with his hands on his hips and said, good movie. <laughs> uh, Brando tried to do that um, in the challenge, too. He said, hey, Siri. Well, how do you solve this puzzle? Yeah, how do you solve it? How do you hit an, uh, an object off of a plate? <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's make it through this. Um, yes, let's begin. Yeah. Let's let, start from the beginning. Okay. Starting recording now. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, so off the top, we get home. Sabaya, not pleased. She's not pleased with, um, uh, Emily. And, uh, I think we could talk, we could use this moment to talk about how Emily, I think eventually played this well, better than anybody. Like, we're talking that last week, Emily is unself-aware. She is Abby Maria. She is, you know, uh, Natalie from David versus Goliath. All these people we are comparing her to. pass at the end, yeah. end of the season. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, she's actually more self-aware. Because how many times have, have we seen that conversation between her and Caleb go down where the other person does not take it well and doubles down? I think it also speaks to Caleb, though. I think that you got to give. Well, uh, I'm, not, I'm not not giving credit to Caleb, but uh, uh, I think I, I think more credit is due to Emily for actually. Uh, I'm going to say it, flipping it around. Emily flipping it around. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, folks. I got some tears in my eyes this episode, listening yeah. to listening to Emily's self discovery and and personal growth. No fucking right does she have to make me cry like that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, well, and uh, skipping all the way ahead to the tribal council. I know we just said we're starting at the beginning. But Jeff put it very plainly in a way that I understood where he said, this is almost not like uh, a, a bigger eye-opening experience than having friends at home because your friends don't tell you these things. You wonder, like you learn stuff out about yourself on survivor because it's such a a heightened environment and people need to tell you if you, how they feel about you. If you want to find out how you, why, how you should stay in the game. So, and Emily listening to Caleb's words was like, uh, I think pretty huge, pretty huge. We haven't really seen that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that, uh, Overall, it was just like, and to me, like it spoke to the player that Caleb is too, where it's like, like he was saying as well of uh, being the only person to not isolate her on there, which also started to stand out in this episode more and more how not so great Sabaya is, to be honest. Sure. I I see what you're saying. 
Um, I think that Sabaya made a lot of mistakes and happens to be in a good position. I, I, I will say, yeah. I don't know how many mistakes she made, but also whether, whether they're mistakes or not, like Emily was going after her last week, last week at the, yeah, but it was you, like literally the most previous tribal council for someone like Emily, who's going to turn things around that you say, or who is going to interpret things you say in the least charitable way. Uh, I have a quote from Sabaya that I, I think was so unsubtle where she said, I can't control how I feel the same way you can't control how you say things. Right? Which is a very unsubtle thing to say. Like, yeah. these are natural things that I feel, and you can't keep your fucking mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm probably agree that Caleb's a better player for kind of um, taking Emily under under his wing and seeing the potential in her to change. But I also see where Sabaya is coming from, and it makes her good TV. Yeah, good TV, sure. I think that Sabaya is not going to be a good player to be playing from the bottom. Um, kind of seeing that a little bit, hints of that already. It I was, th- yeah, go, sorry, go ahead. I think that, uh, yeah, Caleb's showing to be a better like uh, social player. I think Sabaya doesn't hold her emotions all that well. Like she's not obviously as outspoken as uh, Emily has been, but we've seen Emily now show change and do a willingness to change and putting her hand out there and trying, especially with Sabaya. And I think that Sean and Caleb really fought for uh emily to stay in this because it, it seemed like sabaya was like oh yeah it's easier for us to screw her o- over now rather than thinking oh we could win challenges and we can have her trust now i mean it, it was for me it was frustrating seeing sabaya talk like she had any say in who was going home when she literally did not have a vote and like it's because she wants an idol but it's like it's you're not leading the vote right now. Whatever you think, you're not you're not really going to ever get your way because you don't have a vote. Yeah, she saw Caleb and Sean coming to her as an ally having an open discussion as them coming to her as use our votes however you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know. I I just thought that overall it wasn't the best look on Sabaya, even though I didn't think she came off unlikable or anything like that, but it did have put doubts in me of like this being a potential winner at all. So we're, yeah, we- I think it showed maybe a little bit of entitlement, a little <laughs> bit of, I deserve to be in the power at this point in the season. Yeah. And I think you're right that she won't really know what to do when she doesn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. On the bottom. Well, I mean, we'll see. And we'll see if uh voting Brandon out really does bring them some, more more challenge wins. We're skipping. We have skipped ahead. We'll cir- we'll circle back to tribal council and stuff. We're trying to just talk about the beginning. Yeah. Why don't um, we uh, talk about Bello? Then we'll go to Reba and then the challenge and then back to Lulu. Uh, do you want to just quickly talk about Sean's words about Hannah or about j- just in general how a quit like that sort of just affected things? Because I think everyone. I, I think. Uh, just to give Emily some benefit above the doubt, just, uh, um, she thought she was going home. Right. And then Hannah, uh, quitting almost like 
screwed her over because she she didn't get her way and also didn't get voted out. So, um, uh, and and Sean had some nice words about Hannah being like, I can see why she went home. And uh, I mean, listen, uh, Hannah has got a lot of flack over this week from Survivor fans online. And I certainly don't love to see a quit on the show, but at least it was early on and not later and not fucking up any of our favorites or fucking up the sanctity of the game or whatever. But uh, I don't know. How did you feel about the quit last week? Um, yeah, it's it's disappointing, of course. But I think in the same way, um, and uh, not to jump ahead again, but the same way that you know Brandon maybe realized he was not cut out for this. Uh, I think Emily realized she was not cut out for this. Do you think it there's seems a- like a fun TV thing to do? Um, but I think she was not mentally prepared in the slightest to play this game and and maybe unfortunately the game is better off without her in it do you think this is like a couple casting hiccups here do you think this is on casting i do i do i i think it's on uh there's a level of personal responsibility as well right these might be people who prepared wholeheartedly for their auditions but once they were confirmed on the cast they thought great i'm on it and didn't continue to prepare physically, mentally, strategically to play the game. I do think both of them were not prepared physically. Just uh, whatever you need to do to prepare your diet and prepare yourself by, you know, getting the nicotine withdrawals out of the way when you know you're going to be on an island for 26 days. Yeah, or be entertaining like uh, what's-his-face was. Shane Powers? Well, yeah, Shane, Shane Powers, Powers, but also... Zane. Zane, yeah, Zane. Yeah. Well, he went out first and was also, <laughs> at the same time, kind of fell on his sword. <laughs> um, yeah, but he was entertaining the whole way through. <laughs> um, uh, but I think it's weird the way fans react to a quit. I honestly do not understand it. It's just a TV show after all. We're kind of on a and, bad uh, little streak of them with uh, not a quit from Bruce, but Bruce went out early from a medevac, obviously. Uh-huh. And then we got a, a quit this time. And then we also had uh, Jackson in season four. Jackson. Yeah. Jackson as well. Um, yeah. I mean, people, people at home uh, should calm down. I think a little bit. Uh, I think Hannah got a lot of hate and Brandon got a lot of hate from people. And it's just like, fucking chill out. It's just a TV show. And and also the people getting mad at the show for presenting this to us. And they're like, I don't know. I think Brandon and Hannah also both fit a sort of archetype we've seen before. You know, like they're they're just casting the way they cast. I don't think they actually knew that Brandon and Hannah were going to be so bad. Absolutely not. I think they look at a best case scenario, Hannah, best case scenario, Brandon, Unfortunately, I, I think this time around this season, we got worst case scenario, Hannah, and worst case scenario, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think we got worst case scenario survivor with Brandon. <laughs> Can we so, think some of people? Some people are not good physically. Some people are not good at puzzles. Some people are not good in any sense of playing the game of survivor. And I think that's maybe <laughs> where Brandon ended up. <laughs> I, I think. I can't really think of too many people that were that bad. Uh, Zane is the one that sticks out to me. But Heath was a good shout out earlier on. 
Zeke. Zeke? Keith. Keith. Yeah, Keith was Keith. very bad. Um, Keith was bad. Who else was... I mean, I guess Purple Kelly and... And uh, Nayanka at least was good TV for most of that season. Purple Kelly was like so in the background, so introverted the whole time. I I will say that I did get a message too from, and I'll say his name because it was a treacherous message and he should be publicly shamed for it. Uh, It was uh, Nick who designs our logos Mm -hmm. where he said that last week, how we felt about Brandon is how he felt about Carolyn all season last year. What? What a monster. What a monster. What an absolute fucking terror. <laughs> the look you on should change your logo. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Ryan's face. Holy shit. <laughs> Are these the kind of people you're associating with? In hey, it's a nice logo, Nick. To each throne. Ryan just put, uh, I could see that Ryan's leading to it's either him or the logo at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to punch a wall. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Wow. Some people have their opinions. And, Some uh, people do have their opinions. And they should not. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Maybe someone else to bring up in, in, uh, in comparison with a Brandon is a Jacob Derwin. Yes. Jacob Derwin, in a way, though, was immediately on the bottom and immediately bad at Survivor. But he was, he was clever. He, he, he tried, you know? It almost felt like a, a similar situation to... A similar but different as Emily in this, where he was just guns a-blazing right off the top. And... uh he just didn't manage to make it through. He d- he wasn't lucky that there was two worse, much worse people on the tribe with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe maybe Jacob Derwin was like a like a confident Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I know I call Jacob Der- Derwin clever, and I know he probably is clever. He was like so stupid. He was clever on the show. He was clever in his dumbness. You know what I mean? <laughs> you immediately regretted calling him clever. pouring rice into his sock. Remember when he did that? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> That's Jacob Derwin barking at the window right now. Hey, don't <laughs> talk about my an sock. apology. <laughs> my, sorry, my dog got very upset to hear the Jacob Derwin. <laughs> He's like, I'm a Jacob man. He's a big fan. Um, it's weird. I found him. I was going to a Jacob Derwin fan event and, uh, I found him at the side of the road. I think he got turned into a dog by a witch. <laughs> oh, no, that is Jacob Derwin. Is that, do you think that's Jacob Derwin? That I think is, it might be Jacob Derwin. We haven't heard from him in a while and he does usually text us. <laughs> he hasn't checked in in a bit. Yeah. He hasn't checked in. Oh. Well, I think he follows it. He may follow us on Instagram. May follow us. Someone like that follow us on Instagram. I think Julie Rosenberg does. Yeah. Um, My hero. My hero. hero. Okay, so let's go. Do you want to go on to Reba next or Bello? Let's go on to Bello. Let's get this Bruce stuff uh, kicking. That's what everyone wants to hear about. So, Bruce, we hear from Jake. Super popular. Everyone loves him. He's hilarious. He is like an uncle out there. He is just a hit. And then Katora 
has a deep hatred for Bruce. <laughs> over that- over footage of Bruce doing the elevator in the boat. <laughs> yeah. Him leaving on that boat was so funny. He's he said something like, Hey Brando, what am I doing right now? And Brando was like, Oh yeah, the robot. Okay. <laughs> Bruce, I regret not drafting Bruce. No one drafted him, and this is the biggest regret. He <laughs> is everything to me. <laughs> Bruce, the fact I can't that, stop thinking of him disappearing in the boat. I Make think he's gonna fucking win. <laughs> he's gonna win. <laughs> that was the winner at it. Um, we did get. Uh, we heard from Jake, uh, like you said, about him. Um, describing Bruce in all this way, like it's so funny and everything like that. And then we heard from Bruce who was saying, this is my strategy. I don't want to appear as a, a father to these people. I want to be like the fun uncle and it's taking everything in me not to like order them to like do more stuff. And like, I'm seeing everything not get done, but I'm just kind of doing it myself and desperately wanting them to step up, but it's not happening. Right. And then we get Katura who is the opposite end of the specter who's saying he is like a father figure and everything he's doing is wrong. So we have Jake saying everything is right about his strategy and is agreeing with Bruce uh, in this separate conversation. And then Katura saying the exact opposite, which led me to think that we were getting a Katura uh, elimination tonight, honestly. Well, it was funny being it being like uh, she literally called him his her nemesis out there <laughs> and i really wonder if that's like what how bruce feels about katura we didn't we we saw him kind of being like i know i'm on the bottom or i know people are talking about me as going home and stuff but uh, we didn't hear like katura literally calls bruce her nemesis and we don't hear from at all from bruce how he feels about katura yeah i i i I it was reminiscent to me of Aaron Lobdell and Token Jeans, where we've been waiting so long to get another coach, and this was the reaction Coach got on his season. Yeah, you know the the sort of who is this jackass <laughs> moment, right? <laughs> I, th- I think we're in for a real treat with, but, with Bruce, and uh, and we're in for a real treat with Katura as well in terms of the reactions and the she's a fantastic narrator. Oh yeah, Ryan, she was very she she's she very was. entertaining. She was very entertaining last week as well. I'm 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 very high on Couture. I might argue, Ryan, that we could possibly have a two coach season on our hands with Bruce and Sifu because he's pretty close too with his uh, his fist power. <laughs> They're dying for a double coach season. Coach, is, coach. <laughs> this is. Everything I've been waiting for. We'll get to Sifu. We'll get to Sifu. We'll get to Sifu. But it does seem that Bello has... um, So the layout of this seems to be Brando and Kelly in the middle with Katura and Kendra on one side and Bruce and Jake on the other side. But to me, the way that Brando and... Kelly were talking overall, it seemed that they were more leaning towards Bruce and Jake overall. That's what it felt like. I mean, I think, I think it's like, 
they're probably looking at the yellow tribe pretty confident that they're going to win. You know, like Kelly said, like if we lose today's tribal council, I'll have a really hard decision, but I don't think that decision is too, is really, they don't, they're not confident that they're going to need to make that decision. Yeah. I think, I think that early on, Kelly's probably thinking in terms of keeping Jake and Bruce around because of challenges and stuff. But I think they probably know as they get closer to the merge that staying with Kendra and Katura is probably the right way to go. Because we literally saw Kendra and Kelly like making like a a, a, a big pact together last week. So. Yeah. yeah to me, like a appeasing Jake and Bruce a little bit. I mean, I think when the rubber hits the road, they're going to be going with Kendra and Katura. But it could be too. We didn't get Brando's really opinion on Kendra and Katura other than him enjoying putting on the buff as a top. Well, I don't know. I don't know what more you need in terms of a display <laughs> of loyalty or conviction. He was impressed with himself. I, and when, when they were doing that, I would like, I was waiting for the confessional to be like, Brando having a crush on all these girls and being like nervous around women. Whoa. I don't know why I was, uh, I was just like, Oh my God, the way he's looking at them. I think he's in love. I think he was just having fun. I think so too. He was, I mean, yeah, but I, that's just what I was waiting for. Okay. Well, you didn't get it. Sorry, Joel. It's, it's maybe it's just because maybe that's what I was doing because I think Kelly's a babe. Oh my God. Kelly's a babe. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's, a, anyway. it's a babe heavy season if I'm being real with you right now. Yep. And hunks. We got Bruce. Yeah. Bruce? Uncle Bruce. Bruce. There, there's a there's a lot of boy babes in this season as Brandon. much as there are lady babes. Brandon's gonna be on the calendar this year. I just know it. <laughs> Brandon's the new Aussie. Oh god. Brandon we'll get back into Brandon, but is there anything else we want to talk about uh, Bello here? Um, Cause we'll talk about the trail after we get done about Reba too. Uh, I, I don't, there wasn't much from Kendra or yeah, that's pretty much it. all we got from Jake was uh, talking about how much you like Bruce. And then a next, a scary next time on where they're like Jake. And then he's like, he looks a bit scooping by the fire. It's not scooping-ish outside the game, though. Yeah, yeah you got to be he, real yeah. careful when you <laughs> say someone's looking scooping-ish. He had, a, he had a computer, and there were cops, oh, no. cops looking at what was on his computer. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the Reba tribe. Oh, Reba had, let's uh, talk about Reba. Oh, finally, here we go. Let's we, talk about the feet, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> we kicked off with J. Maya first. Okay. We kick, didn't we kick off with Sifu, like telling them how he has one fist that he can punch a tree and not feel it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We got Sifu uh, doing Tai Chi on the beach. I was so waiting for uh, uh, a a uh, confessional of people being like, Sifu is so full of shit because every because you'd see him doing this shit and then cut back to people looking at him like, Okay. <laughs> They're rolling their eyes. But we got it last week. We got last I week know. that everyone's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they know, like the editors know that they're just filling us in with like, yep, this is still going on. You don't have to hear anybody commenting on it. Yeah, it's like you, uh, how you're reacting at home, that's how they are. 
<laughs> I mean, great social move from Austin telling Sifu exactly what he wants to hear, which was, hey, man, you're like a character from an anime. Yeah. The only thing Sifu needs to hear from you. Yeah. And then he did that big, like, uh, chop to the coconut. So D, D's got some some big, big toes. D's got some big feet. Yeah. He's got some feet. Oh, along, yeah. A long, uh, a long, big toe. That's that's the deal. And that did pay off because there was balancing and she got across that seamlessly with her long, big toes. And she could all the way underneath held on like a gecko. Yeah, she can pick (laughs) stuff up with her feet. When this was happening, I turned to Cody and I said, I I don't think I want 90 minute episodes anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's too long. I don't think it was long enough. Finally, something <laughs> yeah. for the gentleman, you know. Yeah. That I heard they changed the yeah. uh, the tagline for Survivor now to episodes as long as D's toe. <laughs> I I heard um, uh, uh, in on like day four the they at the end of the day the crew had a meeting and we're like we're gonna have to make episodes ninety minutes. We don't have. We need to make room for this toe stuff. <laughs> we cannot have the toe stuff. We need to make nine ninety minute yeah. episodes. the The camp life is thriving right now. <laughs> you should have seen this toe stuff. Yeah, we got toe stuff. We got pun- watch how I punch this tree and my hand doesn't hurt. <laughs> this is the content we've been missing. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I know. I, I, did, I know. You, All joking you, aside, this is exactly what I want. <laughs> it is it the is. only thing. Wasn't there stuff like some something about feet last season or two seasons ago? There's some weird. There's been some weird feet foot stuff lately. I don't know. I but, think I would have remembered a foot thing. No. <laughs> okay, Tarantino. <laughs> I think no. What I'm saying is, I think Tarantino's in the editing room for Survivor. <laughs> he might. He might be after this. His yeah. last movie is going to be uh, directing an episode of Survivor. <laughs> uh, get the we'll see if if a member of the Dream Team casually drops the N bomb, we'll know that it was Tarantino's, <laughs> yeah. Tarantino's on site. <laughs> He told us to do it. Is the dream team the name of the the alliance on Reba? I was thinking uh, the extras that are used to oh, demonstrate yes. the challenges. Because oh. Tarantino always casts himself as someone who says the N-word. <laughs> I was, uh, well, and speaking, of, I mean, there is a, speaking of that dream team, there is a dream team happening on Reba right now between Drew, D. Austin and Julie. Julie finding her her son on the island. She's Mama J, and she thinks that Drew needs a a mama out there. So she takes him under her wing and says she feels good about Austin and D. And um, wouldn't you know it? Drew is like those are just the people I feel good about as well. Um, I um kind of dislike Drew a lot. <laughs> I kind of am sick of uh, so many confessionals telling me how smart he is. I don't want to hear it anymore. And man, oh man, was I hoping he failed that puzzle. <laughs> I, 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 I don't get it, Cody. I, uh, I, you said that while we were watching, and I was like, I don't feel any which way about this man. To be perfectly honest, I, I definitely am don't I see what? why he you don't like him. 
Yeah, I, I have no emotional reaction to Drew. We got so At much all. content with him, though, this week that the fact that you have no emotional reaction is, like, also telling. I don't think I have enough dislike for him because all of it was being soaked up by Brandon. So check I, back with me next week. <laughs> so may I may have some emotion left over from not li- liking Brandon. So to me, Drew this week was like a literary device more than a person. Yeah, he was, was a narrator. Foreshadowing that he's going to get a little bit of power at some point. It's going to go mm-hmm. to his head. Mm-hmm. He's getting the, the he's going to have a one episode Carl episode. You know, maybe you he's know the new Carl. Yeah, you I think feel about Drew the way I felt about Sammy in season forty three. Um, I mean, that was completely unnecessary. So what? Sammy was a gem. I just, I feel like Sammy was similar to Drew. Maybe it's just a, you, you are get, you will feel, you feel threatened by him Sammy because he's like a young guy. That pretending. confident. He was so. No. Is it, that's why you don't like Drew. Cause he's confident. I think, I think that he's too cocky. Yeah. I, I, I really think he is. But it's gonna it's gonna eat him alive, I think, in this, anyways. Um, he, I mean, he's twenty two, he's twenty three. I'm not, I'm not. Uh, I don't have high expectations for him. He does seem savvy, certainly savvier than Brandon, and uh, has an that's alliance a low right now. Benchmark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> savvier <laughs> than Brandon is not the highest praise I've heard tonight. <laughs> it was really funny seeing Drew, like. Being like being not sure about whether he should play the puzzle, being like, okay, I'll play it, and like bodying it, getting doing it so easily, and being like tossing the 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 <laughs> the puzzle pieces to the side. That was funny to me. Brandon being like, yeah, I can do this, and then being so neat about it, and then totally fucking it up. <laughs> like Brandon, Brandon calling it a puzzle you give to kids at a daycare to keep them occupied for 20 minutes and then just eating ass on it so hard. <laughs> just, oh shoveling, just shoveling shit in his mouth on that challenge. He's the most embarrassing man. I just, I can't, I, I'm, I'm, I can't think of a more embarrassed Bruce, embarrassing man. Bruce got it, right? Bruce didn't even play it. Oh, he chose he not. He to didn't play. risk his vote. Right. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, that. What the hell? So the challenge what, where he quote did not have to move or lift anything or swim. Yeah, is why um, he thought this would be a real ace in the hole for him. He needs to. He needs a challenge where he doesn't have to move, lift anything, swim, or use his brain <laughs> or social skills. So just stand there. Just I don't vibes. think he could. Just coast on those vibes. Yep. That's what he brings to the table. Just an ethereal vibe. He's so likable and funny, though. It was funny last week, yeah, saying how he was, like, talking about how the one thing he's good at, been good at on this island was it talking Hannah into staying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Brandon might be the Riz King. <laughs> the Riz King. Oh God! <laughs> anyway, Drew, we'll see how we feel about him going forward. Yeah, I kind of see what you Drew mean. Got? Drew What's got that? 
what was the advantage Drew got? He got the Jer- Jeremy uh, season 40 advantage where he can leave. He can just kind of peace out before the votes happen. Right. Yes, of course. But he doesn't get to vote if he does, does yeah. that. And he told his whole tribe about it. Yeah, not a lot of secrets this year. Everyone knows about that and everyone knows about Sabaya's advantage on the Yellow Beach as well. Yeah, Lulu. I just realized. Um, they're yellow and they're called Lulu. Austin told about his advantage to just to Drew. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure everyone yeah. else will know. Uh, we did have, yeah, that uh, J. Maya confessional I was alluding to was her trying to figure out the writing on the uh, sign that uh, Austin had the note to uh, complete, which Austin still hasn't found his uh, thing yet. That was and, impressive on, on J. Maya's part. I was impressed with that. Yeah, yeah, some good uh some good possibilities there with JMI even though she's not in the alliance but she's clearly not below Sifu. <laughs> and she's I'll say that I don't think she's ever going to figure out that thing without the uh paper because the the the, the paper <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> the the second half of the letters was so much bigger than the ones on top. Yeah. But you never know, she might Surprise you. She is, after all, the pop of last week. She's not the pop of last week. One of us awarded her pop of the week. No. Well, one of us who was blinded by decisions he made before we knew what these people were like on TV. Um, Which, um, let's talk about uh, Drew's decision to tell his whole tribe. Do we like that decision? Um, I guess because... They're being pretty dominant. I think that he's also assuming at this point that Lulu's going to lose every challenge because of how bad they've done. It's just, it's just, I think it's so useful to keep secrets in this game. I, it's, I, I think I, maybe I, I'm so, I just like when uh, a secret is revealed and people are surprised on this TV show. So I get kind of like upset when people are brought in on stuff like this. Because you tell one person and everybody knows about everything eventually. Where like you told how many you told five other people about this advantage on the red tribe. Well, I will the, say the not uh, the guaranteed. One of those people is going to tell people about it at the merge. People are going to know about it. I will say that in uh, Drew's case, that I I think that we're in. Uh, in a version of survivor now where there's so many different advantages that I think some of them are more beneficial to tell everybody on your tribe and involve everyone. And some are beneficial to keep to yourself. So I think that maybe Austin's might've been better for him to keep to himself if he could figure it out. But it, it seems like at this point he needed drew to figure that out anyway, but drew's, that one's a good way to join the tribe together of like, we're all going into this thing strong and we'll use this wherever we need to use it. I don't know. It's such a selfish advantage though. Um, I I think it only works to tell everyone in the tribe if their alliance of four has determined that Sifu and J. Maya are gone before merge. Yes. Because if they other them and then you hit the merge, you've got either J. Maya or Sifu telling an opposing alliance about that advantage. Yeah. 
And I mean, I don't think they've told Jay Maya or Sifu that uh, it seemed like Jay Maya was talking last week with like D and Julian and stuff and seems to have a good relationship with them. Can you say what uh, Nick told you about Sifu? Oh, so Nick also said, this is something I agree that uh, Sifu is actually the perfect mix of Joel and my favorite players, Tony and coach. So this is finally the player that brings us together where he's got the Tony mentality, but he's weighed down with the coach. (laughs) Yeah. He's out there. He's having a good time. He's having fun. But it's Tony game changers. Yeah. It's Tony game changers. It's perfectly Tony game changers and all of coach. (laughs) As long as it's not South Pacific coach, I'm good. I want Sifu to go cult leader. I don't that's think what, he's going to have no, everyone I, That's what I think Drew's going to do, okay? That's what I see Drew doing. He's got the confidence for it. So another thing that happened on uh, the trip as well was Drew asking um, what everyone's uh, tribe was like, which Brandon explained the entire dynamic and everybody on his tribe only to go home after, so that can only be used against them. Um so he went out with a accidental fuck you on the people that he liked. Um, I don't know if it was accidental. Yeah, maybe not. How do you feel about this? Um, uh, the Ryan Drew saying that Bruce was doing bad gameplay by keeping his card as close to the chest. I think he's wrong about that. I think <laughs> I think Drew's being set up to think he's much smarter than he is. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he's gonna he's really gonna get schooled in the game. And uh, listen, for all the goofy shit Bruce did this week, keeping his cards close to his chest about the tribe dynamics was probably a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Drew, we got a, a confessional from Drew last week that he's the smartest player to ever play Survivor. So we're definitely going to have him go out in the dumbest way possible. And I won't be satisfied if that doesn't happen. Yeah. He's going to get medically evacuated for an atomic wedgie. <laughs> what's going to happen. Like, no, just I think trying to pick up is- some coconuts. Palm tree gets stuck in those drawers. He flies 50 feet in the air. I think he's going to get medically evacuated because his brain is going to be so big that it starts seeping out of his eye sockets and ears. <laughs> And they're like, we can't have that on the show. It's fucked. He's like, but I'm just getting smarter and smarter. <laughs> I think he gets medically evacuated because uh, Bruce uh, sets up a uh, trap that's a bunch of leaves over a big hole and an idol in the middle of it. <laughs> and he goes to reach for the idol and falls in the hole. Yeah, I mean, I think he could get clobbered with an anvil. I think that's a distinct <laughs> possibility to happen to Drew. A tunnel painted on the side of a rock. That's, a, that's something he's going to have to watch out for. Uh, yeah, I'm worried that he's going to be climbing a ladder and then get hit by a falling Brandon. <laughs> How is Brandon higher on a ladder than he is? Because <laughs> he was trying to escape Ponderosa on a helicopter. And bumped into a ladder. <laughs> I couldn't. I think he's going to get a beware advantage that paints his hand entirely red for the entire season, and he never gets it off. <laughs> yeah, remember that <laughs> the fake blood in season forty-two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> so much the fake kind blood. of blood you could only get on you if you murdered someone. <laughs> and production and it, was like, play it off. Or if you bonked your head in the beginning challenge. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so that was... Is there anything else we need to say about Reba? And we kind of cover the uh, whole journey there, too. B. Bigfoot. Yeah, we got her new name. We Big got Foot. Bigfoot. We did get D's big toe. I want to make that clear to everybody. Did we know that Jake's last name was O'Kane. Yeah, Jake O'Kane. Maybe that's why uh, um, Bruce was talking about Kane. Oh, he's like, oh, your name's O'Kane. Well, I'm good friends with the Kane. I gotta think that Bruce went to some survivor parties, likely met a Boston Rob or a. Sandra or a poverty or something, but the one person they choose to clip him name dropping is Kane, the Canadian guy who plays Dungeons and Dragons. And that was his whole personality on the show. It just hit me how much cooler Jake's name sounds if you put it next to J Maya, where you have J Maya and Jake Kane. Oh yeah! Holy shit, that's cool. Jay Cocaine. Jay Cocaine. They're gonna be needing some of that. And day twenty six. Um, also, Bruce is related to Hercule Poirot, right? Because his last name is uh, Pero. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hercule so Poirot pretty- and Pero. Hey, yeah. let's calm yeah, down here. I was bringing. Name. Yeah, I wanted the, to tell yeah, my yeah, movie story again. Fucking name. <laughs> you didn't even know what Poirot was five minutes ago. I said Poirot. You said, say his name, and I said Poirot. But you didn't know his first name. I forgot about... You, the saw, you called part. him the detective. I did. I didn't want to give he's him that much. He's not just the detective. He's, there's there's he's a sag, famous Belgian detective. There's a detective. SAG strike going on, and I didn't want to give Hercule his money right now. He's not... What? He's <laughs> Like, he's David Zasloff? <laughs> I didn't want to give him the money. Yes, because Hercule, of the Poirot, Hercule Poirot is head of Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ryan, you've never been on a, a a regular season recap before. This is what it gets like. <laughs> this is uh, this is wild. This yeah. Is, uh, yeah, some crazy shit. All right, we're going back to the to Yalulu to the challenge. Let's do the challenge. Oh, challenge. Okay, challenge was. Uh, we've seen quick. it before. But it's yeah, we've yeah. seen this before. It was it was like, but it was like compared to last week where both challenges had one extra element. I thought that was going to be the thing where it's instead of like changing the challenge, they just add one more relay to the relay race. But this was pretty straightforward. This was one that a lot of people failed at previously, though that we've seen in mean? the past, and this time everyone nailed it. Everyone hit one of the plates every single time, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. But we've seen it in the past where people don't hit those plates. Oh, who just barely got it? Jay Maya. Jay Maya. Oh, but Sean yeah, fell. Still got it. Sean got it, then fell right on his fucking face. It, so I'm did surprised. Jay Maya, I believe. So yeah. did Jay Maya. Oh my god, yeah. that was. I laughed really hard at Sean, and then Jeff was really giving him the gears. I I'm a big Sean guy, so I uh, punched Joel in the face for laughing at that. You're a big Sean guy. Yeah, I'm a big Sean guy. I think yeah? he's really good. I, I, in what way? Well, I like he's the, on your fucking team. I like the the rapper this Big Sean, and I like Sean. This. 
This is how I can't imagine about. being a big Sean guy. There's not enough Sean content this season to be a big Sean. No, guy. it's because he he's on it's, it's he's on his fantasy team. No, and he that, does it. That's how he watches the show. If you that, listened, if you listen to fucking show, if you listen to our cast breakdown before this, there's a lot of judgment towards Sean, and I think he's doing a fine job so far. It's not judgment at all for the way he is on the show. It's just people just. Are talking about fantasy and people are up because from because from Sean's the running the game. It's just Sean's pre-season. running the game now, and we can't argue it. I'm a big Sean guy. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you sound like right now. I'm a big Sean guy. Fuck you. Hey, Ryan's getting what a regular episode sounds like now. <laughs> John? This is bullshit. <laughs> I, Ryan, don't get pissed because you weren't on the Sean train from the start. I mean, he's he's clearly running the game. The Sean train. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's no fucking train. The Sean there's train's no been chugging. There's Sean train. And there's a bunch of us on board, baby. <laughs> God bless Sean. I, I don't I say I don't think we have much more to say about Yalulu, but uh, because we've honestly said a lot about Brandon, more than more fucking oxygen than that guy's worth. I just want to say <laughs> this is cruel. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think the future of Emily is? Do you think that sh- like she will be loyal to them, or do you think that she's gonna uh, go back to her old ways? Both. I, yeah, I think she's going to be loyal, but a liability to the team because of how she acts around the other tribes. I really want her to make the merge. I want to see Emily go the fucking distance. I want to see Chaos Emily come back. I think we're going to see both. We saw both in this episode. We saw her trying to play better and for the most part playing better. Yeah. But we still saw her othering herself and distancing herself from the other people she's trying to align with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the same time, right? There's are there are habits that aren't going to break for her in a day. Yeah. Um, so I think she's in it for the long haul. But I think, I think she's a I surprising she's player easily. Yeah, I think it's like it's surprising to see someone like this um, play like this. But it's 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 a new wrinkle to the social pariah Abby Maria archetype. Well, at the very least, she was in this game designed so that Brandon can say he's good at another thing and then gets out social gamed by maybe one of the worst social games we've ever seen. <laughs> so obviously what we assume would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm excited to see where she goes and then where the Emily Sabaya rivalry, which I think will be interesting going forward. I, I, I want to see where that goes. I think that Jacob Derwin would bully Brandon. That's how bad Brandon is. <laughs> I was trying to move on from Brandon. I think Jacob Derwin would uh, hit Brandon with his rice sock. I think he he would certainly at least kick sand in his face. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. And uh, I'm I also think that the the Caleb and Emily uh, friendship is cute. Yeah, yeah, that that is. I'm. I, is it surpassed by the Sean and Caleb friendship that we've seen? Sean and Caleb. Yeah, we've been seeing blossom uh, for been... all of us on the Sean. Fuck train. you. That's. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Thank you. I don't, want you to come on every week. Don't talk that shit to me, Cody. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, we go to tribal council. Um, we know. I knew that Brandon was going home where Jeff when Jeff gave him the opportunity to tell to give his final words. Um, I could be the water boy. Yeah. Oh, the water boy line that was nuts. Do we ever think Jeff was actually a water boy? Do we believe that story? I think Jeff watched a movie called The Water Boy. I don't believe it. I think Jeff was making shit up to try to make Jeff, Brandon feel better. But it was Waterboy in basketball. Because I think Jeff Jeff's a football guy. I don't buy it. I don't you, buy it for a second. You think that Jeff's good at layups? No, I don't think he would ever be a Waterboy. Yeah, he wouldn't I think accept. he would rather, you know, not fail be. at layups and, and no. not be on the team than Jeff be the Waterboy. Jeff was Waterboy. Fucking Jeff. He was the commentator for sure. Brand- Brandon. He was like, he would be on the sidelines make doing color commentary. Brandon would be the water boy. Jeff would rather go get laid, baby. Am I right? Let's go. Julie Berry, one of the cheerleaders. <laughs> Julie boy. Rosenberg, do another one of the cheerleaders. Julie Rosenberg, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, uh, what else happened? Did anything else? Oh, I guess they were they were all surprised by the tribal council set because none of them actually went to vote. So they were all kind of being like, whoa, whoa, as they were walking up the steps. I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, there was a couple good questions asked to Sean. Sure uh, which hot. which sure. he a- answered eloquently. Oh, I oh before we forget, uh, we did get the opening credit sequence. Ayo, 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 which we also got Bruce singing it. Yes, we got Bruce singing that. But I will say that makes me super nostalgic, and I really love the opening title sequence. I'm so happy it's back. It makes gets me very excited for the show, and it 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 bridges the gap between new era to old school. Because every time I hear that, I think of old school Survivor. I don't know how long it's been since we've had that, but. Even I mean, even the the early '30s feels like old school at this point sometimes. But uh, it definitely it reminds like I want to go and watch season two when I hear that song. You know, like I, it really gets gets my blood moving. Everyone looks great in their footage too. Yeah, everyone the, looks bunch of babes. Yeah, I think babes I think babes. that they used a lot of like brutal like it used to be like you'd be in mud screaming or whatever but they're using like some brutal like face plants and like some it looked like everyone was getting hurt before their title card the one that's unforgettable like it's all like the sexiest shots of everyone is is heroes versus villains i'll never forget it's because it's from that that greasy challenge they do and all the women look incredible and all the guys looking like Austin and Colby look incredible with their muscles all greased up. It's like, uh, I'll never forget that. That's what I think of every time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, this was a good episode, everyone. What you're Uh, saying? You don't think about that? No, I I think about it. I probably think about that much more than I think about Sean. (laughs) Yeah. I have (laughs) ever thought about Sean. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, you guys are going to be regretting that when the Sean train takes off without you and there's no coming aboard. Okay, who's going home next week? My prediction, Sean. Uh, yeah, what? probably Sean. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Sean train is, the conductor is Hercule Poirot. And, yeah, and there was a murder on the Orient Express. And, and that murder Sean. isn't going to be Sean. He's going to be um, helping Hercule Poirot. 
and it will be next week. Um, who are we looking at? Who are we looking at? I think it's going to be Sifu. Uh, Sifu next week. Sifu is going I home. I just knew he was going to say Sifu. I knew it. He was going to pick someone that's on my team. What? <laughs> and it, it's just, yeah. And now let's say the pop of the week. Obviously, we know who mine is. <laughs> uh, so pop of the week, Ryan, is who for you was the main character of this episode? And it can be Brandon. But it was who popped the most. That's that's very different to me. Who is the main character and who popped the most? No, it's who, who popped, popped the most. Katura. Katura. Yeah. Interesting. I was going to say Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. Bruce yeah. is a good answer. Katura is a good answer. Well, I'll go with the right answer, Sean. Shut up. Fuck you. I would love for you to give a, like a good, a, like an actual answer to this question. Bruce. Bruce think, was. Bruce thanks was for having my... me. I'm never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> look what you did. No. No. Um, well, uh, I mean, we're going to be long gone. Uh, Joel's going to join the Sean train. We'll be recording on that. So I don't think we'll have time to get you aboard again. But <laughs> Ryan, thank you for being on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Did you have fun? I had a great time. Yeah, we'll we had, to be back. Yeah, we got to get you back on. Um, uh, nothing. And anything to plug? I have nothing to plug. Nothing to plug. So I'll plug my album. My stand-up comedy album coming out October 27th and my celebration show October 28th at Eyesore Cinema. Uh, tickets on Eventbrite on my Instagram. And Cody, I'd like the to, next comedy brawl? Um, I don't have a date yet on the third round of the comedy brawl, but I will be in it after a successful first place win in the second round. Um, Guess but who's I, cocky now, Drew? Yeah, I'm a, the, I'm a real Drew type. I'm the funniest person to ever exist. Um, but I'd like to plug uh, Joel's album as well. I was at one of the recordings, and it was a super fun thing. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, even though he said he's not using any of that recording, mm-hmm. so my laugh won't be heard whatsoever. Twenty percent. Um, but uh, you will. Yeah, so that's end of the month. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And you can check out our social medias in the episode description. And remember to go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and give us a five-star review. And uh, remember to subscribe as well. Okay, thank you. And Ryan, thanks for coming on. It was a pleasure. All right. Goodbye, everybody. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 